The basis for our sermon message today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Paul says, This, then, is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. This is the word of our Lord. With great power comes great responsibility. That phrase has been spoken by a a number of very influential people in history. The French philosopher Voltaire said it first. FDR and Winston Churchill, they said versions of it at some point during World War II. And of course, Spider-Man's Uncle Ben said it. Very influential people. The Apostle Paul, he doesn't make that list. He never said those words. But he, he gets pretty close today. Today he's essentially telling us with great truth comes great responsibility. What Paul has for us today in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 is really a, a perfect bookend for our sermon series on upside down wisdom. We've been looking at this the past six weeks. Paul has been writing in the last three chapters revealing to us the foolishness of God and the center of our identity and our self-esteem. He's been giving us the key to having the world and death and life itself at our fingertips. In short, in summary, Paul has been revealing Jesus to us. Jesus, the the mystery of God that was hidden, but has now been revealed. Jesus, our foundation, our salvation. Jesus, who turns losers into winners, who turns foolishness into wisdom. This is the perfect bookend. Because now, Paul gives you a call to action. You have had God's mysteries of salvation revealed to you because you know Jesus. And so, you've been given a trust. And none of us here today are apostles like Paul. But as Christians, as Christians, we too are servants of Christ. Those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. And now the the call to action. Paul says, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. It's a humbling thought that God would choose 
to reveal wisdom and truth to me. It's even more humbling to think that he chooses to continue revealing wisdom and truth to others through me. In, in Greek, the language of the New Testament, being given a trust really means to be a steward or a manager of something. Here, God makes each Christian a manager of his mysteries. In other words, we've been given the task of, of distributing the message of the gospel to people, telling people about the, the message of the cross, that message of foolishness to the world. It's the gospel. It's a high trust to be the distributors for that. It's a, it's a big responsibility. And since we've been given this, this big trust, we need to be clear on who we're accountable to. Uh, Paul doesn't waste time getting to this. He says, I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Paul knew who the real judge was. He, he knew who he was a accountable to above all is God. He knew he wasn't there in Corinth to win any popularity contests. He knew he wasn't there to just do some people pleasing. But isn't it amazing that, that Paul could actually say this? That he would say he cares very little if any of the people in Corinth or human courts judge him. Saying that is one thing, but to actually let other people's opinions of you just bounce off, that's really hard. And I think we're, we're usually a little more sensitive to the way people view us or judge us. But of course, as, as managers of God's revealed mysteries, as people who reveal God's will and his word to others, I guess there's really no room for simple people-pleasing as we perform that trust. And for Paul, he found comfort in doing all this by remembering who he was really answering to. He, he really didn't have to worry too much about how people judged him as he brought his truth to them, or how any human court would judge him. He found comfort in looking to his God, looking to him for his accountability as he carried out his trust. And this is hard to do, but we can share Paul's attitude as we perform our trust of not, not pleasing people, but taking up God's business of saving people, helping him along with that. And of course, as we do that, it's not always going to be easy because convincing people they need saving, that's not, that's not easy. That's something they might not necessarily want to hear, that I need to be saved. But we're answering to God. And so how people judge us for giving the truth doesn't have to ruffle our feathers so much 
we look to God as the one we're answering to. It's tough because we do want to win people's approval. Of course we do. And we, we can. But we just care about God's approval more than anything else. And the next thing Paul says too, it really gets us thinking. It, it grabs our attention. He says, indeed, I do not even judge myself. Paul says he's got a clear conscience. He can't think of anything that he's doing out of line with God's will as he carries out his work. But even though he's got a clear conscience, he's not going to declare himself innocent. I think Paul maybe knows better than most people how off-kilter uh, conscience can be. I mean, Paul thought he was taking up the righteous cause of God when he hunted down and oversaw the murder of Christians. <laughs> he thought he was in the right, thought he was doing good. And then on the road to Damascus, Jesus himself appears to Paul and reveals God's mystery of salvation to him. It was Jesus all along. And, and now, Paul's world, having been turned upside down by the message of the cross and a dead man rising, this means he's going to entrust all judgment to God. Even though his conscience is clear, he refuses to declare himself innocent. God must do that. And I think that's a, that's a really good thing for us to keep in mind as well. Because we're prone to either judge ourselves too lightly or too strictly. One of the two. Maybe both at the same time, sometimes. Right? First of all, we, we judge ourselves too lightly. We tend to take it easy on ourselves. We let that sinful nature convince us that, hey, I've got a unique case here. So, you know, if I'm falling into sin... More often than not, well, I've got some good excuses at least. Or good excuses of why I should be backing down from my trust to take up God's calling. We, we, we feel like saying, God, I'm just so much busier than everyone else. Don't expect me to put too much effort into doing the work of your kingdom. Or we, we feel like saying, Lord, you've given me a very heavy cross to bear in this life. My problems, my weaknesses, they're way more intense than anyone else's. So cut me some slack if I'm not always the best at keeping faithful in my calling to you. We judge ourselves too lightly, let ourselves off too easily. But I think the flip side is also, also true. We judge ourselves too strictly. We put unreasonable, unattainable expectations on our shoulders. This is especially going to happen as we perform our trust as managers of God's mysteries, bringing God's law and gospel to people. We are often going to feel inadequate in this work. We'll judge ourselves harshly. We'll say, Lord, I, I can't bring your word to people. I'm not qualified. I'm not a good enough speaker. I don't know enough. I think you got, you got this all wrong. I'm not a manager of your mysteries. I shouldn't be. We put those unrealistic expectations on our shoulders. We, we start thinking, Lord, so many people 
need hope. I, I, and I just can't get it to them. I can't save them all. As if saving the world were all, were all up to us anyway. We judge ourselves a little too harshly sometimes. Put too much expectations on our shoulders. Getting a clear conscience, that's a hard thing to come by for a conscientious Christian. And this is why we, we're not accountable to ourselves or to any other person. We leave judgment in God's hands. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. The thing is, that, that doesn't sound a whole lot better. That sounds kind of scary. Um, so, God is going to bring every hidden motive I've ever had out into the open. He's going to expose all my, my sinful desires and deepest secrets. <laughs> How is that any better than letting the world judge me or judging myself? God is my judge? That, this is worse. And so, when, when the charges are read against you, of all the times you failed to complete your trust, times you were ashamed of Jesus and the cross, when your hidden motives and your sinful desires are exposed out in the open, we cringe in fear. Punishment is inevitable. The worst part is, it's deserved. And God, the Almighty Judge, reaches for his gavel. But the hand, reaching for the gavel, has a nail pierced through it. On that hand is written every sin you've ever committed or thought of committing. With blood running from the nails in his hands, in his feet, the crown of thorns in his head, the judge picks up that gavel, looks at you with authority, with finality, he declares, not guilty. This one deserves no punishment. They're innocent. This is so upside down. But God is both your judge and your savior. Your judge and your defense attorney, they're one in the same. Paul's confidence and our confidence is rooted in the fact that judgment is in the hands of the one who has forgiven us all our sins, who was crucified to take away all our sins. The judge has been judged in our place. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled 
the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. God nails himself to the cross. God judges you according to Christ, which means you get to hear the most sweet words of relief your ears could ever hope to hear. Not guilty, forgiven, justified. And, and now, instead of reading a list of all the charges he has against you, of all the, the times you failed in your trust as a manager of God's mysteries, instead of highlighting all the pain and suffering your sins caused him, Jesus, your judge, he reads a list of praises he has for you. He'll, he'll praise you for every time you were faithful in your trust as a manager of revealing his salvation, of sticking to his law, living in his gospel, spreading it to others. Praises you all the times you've been faithful. He'll praise you for every sacrifice of time or resources you gave on his behalf or on behalf of someone else, he'll praise you. And, and we, we should be the ones praising him for all he's done for us. But God is upside down like that. He praises you. He announces, well done, good and faithful servant. And no human being or your own conscience or the devil himself can challenge that verdict. The judge has spoken. This, this good news, this favorable judgment from God, it transforms the way we carry out our trust, doesn't it? Now we, we've learned to strive for faithfulness, not success. Right? Paul said, the one given a trust must prove faithful, not successful. And the world, as you do this, it's going to continue to call you foolish. Say, stop following the foolish message of the cross. And, and there might be some times where you have to join Paul in, in saying something that he says later in this chapter. He says, we have become the scum of the earth the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. Being a manager of the mysteries God has revealed, it won't make you successful. It won't bring you value in the world's eyes. But you'll be valued in God's eyes. The scum of the earth is the treasure of God. The garbage of the world is the bride of Christ. This is you. And, and you can say with Paul, in the end, I care very little what any human or human court has to judge against me. God's judgment, that's, that's what counts for me. And I get good judgment with him. Undeserved. Grace. The best kind of judgment. And as, as we, instead of struggling with, with judging ourselves harshly, in, instead of 
putting unrealistic expectations on our shoulders instead of thinking we're in charge of all the results and success of God's kingdom, we learn where our place is in all this as servants, as managers for Christ. We can work faithfully, but the results of our work, that that is all up to God. And that takes the pressure off. It allows you to find your proper place in all this. Not long ago, I I heard another pastor tell a story about a man who was walking on a beach one morning after a storm. The storm had washed thousands of starfish up onto the beach. The sun's coming up. Soon, the starfish, they would die. They'd be baked by the, the hot sun, the hot sand. And this man, he was walking on the beach, picking up each starfish one by one, throwing them in the water. Another guy up on his balcony saw this happening. He, he yelled down, they go on for miles like that. You can't save them all. The man picked up another starfish, threw it in the water. He said, well, I just made all the difference in the world for that one. God's not looking at you to save the world. Jesus did that. He just calls us to be faithful as we manage the mystery of his salvation in the time and place he's put us with the resources he's given us. He's not asking for more than that. That that man throwing the starfish back into the ocean, ultimately he wasn't really saving them. The water saved them. But the man was putting the starfish in a place they could be saved. Maybe that can help you think of your job in in all this, this kingdom work of taking up your trust, revealing God's mystery of salvation. You can put people in the word. Bring them to the place that saves them. To the cross of Jesus. He can save them. Let him know he already has. Yes, with, with great truth comes great responsibility. But with great truth, like the one we have, also comes great comfort. Because God, the judge, the one you're accountable to, he's also your savior. He's already announced you to be his good, faithful servant. Because Christ was the good and faithful servant. By faith, you belong to him. This, brothers and sisters, this is upside down wisdom. This is amazing grace. Amen.